You ever sit down at your dinner table at night after you cook a long meal? Took you hours. You sit down at the dinner table and you start to eat it and you just look down and say, this sucks. Well, now you don't have to. Go to unitedharvest.com. Yeah, it's an ad. Tricked you. Unitedharvest.com to get high quality cuts of meat. I'm talking cross wasami angus beef. I'm talking American grass-fed lamb. I'm talking Hooterite pork. Canadian Hooterite pork. This stuff is incredible. I promise you will not be disappointed. Go to the website, unitedharvest.com. Type in the referral code, the promo code, FRIENDS15, all caps, FRIENDS15, for 15% off your first order, unitedharvest.com. Welcome back to Legendary Mindset. I am your host, Jake P. Richardson. And today's episode is a post-sort from Louisville, uh, the Sheep and Goat Show. Uh, Mark Hogue sorted the market lambs, and Dr. Scott Greiner sorted through the market goats. And we got two interviews from both those guys, just kind of walking through uh, both of those shows and kind of just their take you know, directly after they got done sh- um, judging those shows. Uh, but before we get to that, we're going to hear from our sponsors. And uh, the sponsor of Legendary Mindset is Durafirm, which is a biozyme brand. And Durafirm is a line of sheep and goat mineral supplements designed to ensure your herd is receiving optimal digestive health and nutrition, resulting in maximized performance. And we all know how important those minerals are to our sheep and goats, especially during breeding season uh, and kidding and lambing season. And we also know how difficult it is to remember to put those um, put that uh, mineral out in that little feeder. So that's why Durafirm has come up with the Sheep Concept Aid Protein Tubs. Those tubs you can just throw out there with the ewes and the does. They can lick on them. They taste good. And, uh, you know, you're not going to forget to fill it up once a week. Um, they they kind of last for a while. They also have Durafirm Sheep Concept Aid Loose Mineral um, with and without heat options and a Durafirm Goat Concept Aid Loose Mineral. So if you're interested in learning more about the Durafirm products or where you can find a dealer, visit Durafirm.com. That is D-U-R-A-F-E-R-M.com, and they will get you hooked up uh, with a dealer, find the right products for you, and uh, really just kind of get you going. Um, but check it out. And uh, but now we're gonna hear from Dr. Mark Hogue and Dr. Scott Greiner. This is Legendary Mindset with Jake P. So we're sitting here with Dr. Mark Hogue, who just got done with the North American International Livestock Expo. He judged the Market Lamb Show. It was a two-day show, and. There was a ton of sheep in there. Uh, Dr. Hogue sorted through them all. He just got done taking pictures. Um, Dr. Hogue, what's your what's your take on the day or, or the last two days being here in Louisville and sorting through some sheep? Well, you know, obviously emotion and adrenaline is still pumping pretty good uh, through my veins. As, and I think as that dissipates, uh, I'll do a lot of reflecting, uh, you know, within each of those classes. And I'll rejudge the show. Um, not only today, but probably most of this week uh, going through things. And I, I was overwhelmed with the quality and consistency. And what's amazing to me that we oftentimes forget to, to even mention is the level of showmanship. I mean, we're talking there were kids in the show today that were anywhere from 8th to 12th to 14th 
and yesterday that are incredible showmen. I mean, that, those sheep were driven perfectly today, not just by the upper end Grand and Reserve Division winners, but we're talking 98% of those sheep that were shown the last two days at the North American, those young people, uh, they deserve a great, great, uh, you know, round of applause and a great credit uh, by their parents for just their ability to show. So set of stock were, were tremendous. Uh, I thought yesterday, uh, Yesterday started well. I was very nervous, uh, and and I said this morning on the microphone, I, I wanted to come to the North American, and I wanted to make sure, uh, not not to please the critics, but try to minimize those who would like to criticize uh, my abilities in a market lamb ring. And I, I didn't know where I wanted to be weight wise, and I'm usually not a weight guy. And I kind of went through the first couple of breeds, and uh, it was going well. We get to the Hamps yesterday. And I tell you what, that population yesterday was tremendous. Uh, so many good lightweights, so many good heavyweights. Even the last class winning Hampshire market lamb yesterday was tremendous. Uh, and how to navigate through the Hampshire yesterday, uh, I thought was a challenge. I was very pleased with what I did. Uh, but those decisions were close. Uh, we finished yesterday in, in good fashion. I sure thought the, the breed champions fit together. And, and I was excited to see them back today. And, you know, I thought the Natty came back stronger today. I thought the Hamp Sheep looked great today. I thought the Oxford, the Shropshire, I mean, I, I was the Southdown. I'm Southdown. top five, dude. He, he's a bad cat, you know. So I was excited yesterday. What I wasn't ready for this morning was these white face crosses. Uh, you know, you ask and we'll sit there. I said on the microphone today, I, I wish there was a sixth check to give out because uh, that champion white face cross, although a little smaller and immature today, I think he is a bad cat. Uh, and I wanted to get him in there uh, because I, I, I thought he was just deserving. That pair, Grand and Reserve white face crosses, uh, were absolutely tremendous. And so I, I sat out there and what I find interesting that I did not expect, the last time you and I visited, I did not expect today and yesterday a judge could come in here and turn this into a 130-pound market lamb show and, and use tremendous sheep. Well, to me, they looked almost a little pros not prospecty, but kind of progressy. Not quite ready for the North American, but yet they've got tremendous long-range value as you would you know, project them towards the Denver replacement or, you know, the, the Texas, Oklahoma majors there next spring. Uh, I knew they would be good, but uh, that, those are some contender 130-pounders that we could have turned this into that kind of show today. But I was pleased with what I did. I, wanna, I want that champion lineup at the North American to be ready for the North American, uh, you know, in November, not project them towards January. So you mentioned a little bit ago that you were trying to avoid – you know, as much of the, the critics from outside the ring as possible. Does that go through your head as you're placing classes? Like, man, if, I mean, the, she, the sheep guys are going to be really angry if I don't use this one or, or anything like that? No, it, to me it was more, not within, not within class. Because uh, within a class, dude, I, I know what I want. And it, not everybody's going to agree. I totally get that. But, but I, I, I'm so firmly committed to build. And in order to get build, I refuse to give up muscle. I want beauty and the beast. I want it all in one package, and they're supposed to be pretty where they're supposed to be pretty. They're supposed to be beast mode where they're, where they're supposed to be beast mode. And so within a class, I could do that relative comparison. That, that where I, I, I maybe wasn't mentally prepared yesterday is in that champion hamp lineup. There's, I believe, six classes. Well, they're all six good, 
where did I want to fit? You know, that weight parameter so my champion lineup looks consistent today. I think anybody that judges a show, you go through each breed as they come to you, but rest assured, you're, you're painting a portrait. As you use each of those breed champions, your ultimate portrait is going to be that final drive. And I, I put a lot of faith and I put a lot of pride in my final drives, making sure that start to finish, I was consistent. I was easy to follow. I used quality stock. You don't have to agree, but hopefully you look breed champion for breed champion. Hey, the guy started the same way he finished. He believed in the same things early yesterday morning as he did coming to the close of today. And there was times today where I walked up to the, the class and you maybe had 15 or so pulled in the middle. And I'm thinking to myself, these, these things are all high quality. That you mean you could argue any of them to be in that top three in every class. Like, where do you go to start and start when you start like pulling them and placing them down? And, how, and do you keep yourself consistent with that, or does the way you do that kind of change um, based on the variety of the sheep that kind of come at you in the class? You know, I I, I loved it. Uh, <clears throat> I try whether I'm judging a pig show with a sift, or a sheep show, or a steer show with a sift. You know, let's say there's <clears throat> I don't know in the classes today probably 40 in a class you know so I, I want to bring the top not half but wherever that cut is you know in terms of quality there might have been 12 there might have been 20 my greatest fear is I don't want to send one out of this ring that deserves to be in the middle so I would rather keep maybe <clears throat> maybe 18 <clears throat> excuse me I'd rather maybe keep 18 to get to 10 versus just hey lock it down at a hard 10 and kick everybody out because once they leave the ring I can't go get them back so bottom line if they come through that sift gate and their chest and their arm and their body shape and their spine if it is stout and powerful and it matches their frame size they're in you know and uh, we'll sort from there uh, my greatest fear is sending a young person out of the ring on the rail regardless of species that I needed in there, even at, at, at anywhere from 8 to 10. Uh, I'm as concerned about who's 7th through 12th as I am who's 1st through 3rd, keeping that consistency in mind. And so uh, I thought the natural break was comfortably today anywhere from 14 to 18. And uh, it's a big ring. If we need to make it bigger, we'll make it bigger. I just I don't want to excuse them if they have that proportionality and essence of quality. And proportionality was probably one of the words we heard the most on the mic the past two days. And this ring at Louisville, just like you are talking about, is huge. Do you think that the size of the ring has anything to do with how the show goes? I know we kind of think about that sometimes, whether we're going to Denver to show in that little ring or coming to Louisville, the big one. Do you think uh, the show goes differently depending on how big or small the ring is? You know, I, I often tell people, if you want to make a bad decision, evaluate livestock in a tiny area. Uh, that, that's almost inevitably you're going to get something or purchase something that, that maybe doesn't fit in a big ring setting. And I like to talk about a big ring setting because it allows me to get away from the livestock to see the big overview. Then I can approach and walk up to them to get the close inspection that I want. The worst thing that we can do is limit ourselves in terms of space to not allow the judge to get off uh, the livestock. I, I've always found it interesting at county fairs 
over the years, grandparents and grandmas and grandpas can sit in the top row of the bleachers and say, well, that thing didn't look good. Well, in a small county fair ring, maybe we, we as judges can't get off of them far enough, and yet grandparents can sit in the top row and think, well, that made sense or that didn't. And so I loved how the ring was set up today. They asked me today, would they like it bigger? And I don't want it any bigger than what it was today because I thought the sheep fit the size of the ring. And then it allows me the latitude to go in when I need to, to step back when I need to. And I, you know, I, I sent most of the sheep to the scales in motion. And I want to see them propped up. I want to see them move. And that second pass, I usually knew, hey, there was six to eight I wanted to weigh. A couple classes, I weighed ten. Uh, don't care. I don't want to limit some and say, well, only weigh five. And all of a sudden, that sixth-place sheep, I get a look at him at the very end that he needs to go to third. And I don't want to miss him. So I'd rather weigh ten so I don't limit myself in terms of those choices until I start talking on the microphone everybody's got a chance you know and once I grab a microphone uh, you know the books are marked and, and at that particular point we start discussing the livestock and go from there so the North American uh, market lamb show is one of the last shows in America especially big one that has breeds like this I think every other national show we go to and show sheep we show them all medium wools and maybe they separate the whites out but there was was there 10 different breeds we sorted through or um, how does that how does that go for you in your head when like especially yesterday when you sorted through eight breeds and it was just kind of one after the other do you have to kind of shift gears a little bit or are you still kind of just looking for that same market lamb oh you know it's the same mold i i like the breed approach because it's an opportunity to give more banners anytime we as show officials or we as show coordinators or adults that have influence anytime we can give another kid a banner i'm 100 percent for it now I'll be honest with you, where does a hamp end, a shrop start, a shrop start, and an Oxford ends? Uh, it gets a little subjective, uh, but I, I don't care. You know, I have somebody classify them. I don't want to do it, but let somebody do it. That way we can give it another exhibitor another banner. I'll be quite honest with you, the suffix yesterday spooked me pretty good. Uh, the way they present those sheep to classify as a suffix to me is a little distorted. Uh, I don't think it accents the natural quality of the creature as we make those hard black lines into the transition from white to black. Uh, I would maybe as a sheep industry address that uh, a little. I don't have the answer, uh, but there's got to be something better than that uh, because it was a little distorted, uh, to be honest with you, and I'd never really seen it before. Uh, but, uh, but, but, you know, the problem is if we were to take all of them and just shove them all in the mediums, you know, I don't think the ring and the final drive would have this, the prestige. I love the breed recognition. You know, we go across the, the false wall here to the, you know, the fitted breeding sheep, you know, the, the, the multiple breeds. And you can sit over there for days and watch quality, you know, fitted breeding sheep show by breed. I think it's only fitting that we keep our market livestock exempling, you know, having that same characteristic that the North American has always cherished in breeding, you know, purebred livestock. And so of the, all the breeds that they show here, I think the Suffolk breed is actually has the biggest, highest-paying sponsorship from the Suffolk Association. Um, but I remember when you said that on the mic about the Suffolk yesterday, everyone in the barn, we were actually over here watching the goat show, and we all heard it, and everyone, it kind of created a lot of discussion. Because you said, you know, I'm not, saying, I'm not calling out the fitters, I mean, but I'm just saying, like, this is disturbing. Um, and there was a lot of discussion. I think some people even went to say, like, you know, if you don't do those hard lines or that much deep black, you're not going to classify. 
Like it's almost like it's like the system that kind of wants him to look like that. But I definitely do think it is. I think the one you used, he he was. I think his legs and everything. I think he was. His color was very pretty, and he balanced. You know, he was pretty out there. Well, even even his ear length. You know, I, I thought he had the characteristics, not only coloration, but if we're going to classify suffix, they have a different head shape. They have a different, a little bit longer ear, more bell-shaped ear. And and uh, I, I don't want to be the critic. Uh, I don't I don't have the answer, uh, but I think as an industry, let's kind of set some of these guidelines to say, okay. Uh, what are the acceptable shades or, you know, what's the coloration? You know, we dye and enhance some of those things. And, and it just, I, I, I don't think it's becoming to the livestock uh, to have that natural, you know, presence and presentation. Uh, I thought, you know, everything else fit very well. Uh, I've often told people, Texas majors, uh, they, where they chip, uh, classify all these breeds and species, uh, I would never... Uh, want to serve on one of those committees because I think it is the most challenging job, uh, you know, putting on a livestock show is what is a breed and what is not a breed and how are we going to classify these things. I, I think it will always be a challenge and I think as we get uh, industry leaders that are very knowledgeable and continue to want to do it, I think they can get together and say, guys, here's an example of a Suffolk presentation that would be ideal. And so let's, as an industry, migrate more towards this style of presentation to classify Suffolk than these brutally hard shades of black to white uh, on, a, on an animal's body. And when we talked previously in your first interview, you talked about how um, there's still some, some sheep you think about all the time from Houston. Um, is there anything that maybe is going to go through your head pretty frequently after today or anything you're still kind of thinking about? Um, close decisions out there, maybe even in classes earlier in the day. You know, without a doubt, uh, I think I think the challenge, there was so many sheep here today and yesterday that had tremendous amounts of muscularity, but I really want the muscle to match the animal. And a couple times I used one of the poorest judging terms. I think if a student came into my office and gave me a set of oral reasons and called an animal gobby, uh, muscled, I, I would tell them to use a different word yet I use that a little bit today uh, you know I think that line of making sure the individual muscularity matched the frame size and the extension and the feature and foundation we talked in our first interview about making sure that everything fits you know there are some close calls that those sheep were probably anywhere from fourth to seventh uh, probably the first thing that I woke up this morning uh, very early uh, and I was thinking about it is in the hamps, uh, there was a class two hamp that I made the comment in the champion drive, pound for pound, he's probably the best one, but it, did I have the nerve uh, and the intestinal fortitude to use one that light, that early, not knowing what was coming today. And I, I visualized that sheep very early this morning. I think he's an incredible animal, but bottom line, I got in behind him yesterday and studied his pin width and just his horsepower going away. And I said, Young, you know, sheep, you are not ready for the North American. You have better days ahead of you. And I didn't want to turn it into a prospect show. And so bottom line, that champion and reserve hamp come out today. They got the gorilla. They got the beast mode look. That's I, I was pleased with what I did there. Uh, and, and likewise, consequently, the champion hamp was in the top five today. That's a quality market animal at the North American. So, you know, I will rejudge some of those things. But to be honest with you, uh, my first impression 
when those champions hit the ring today is I was 100% comfortable what I did yesterday and what I did today. Uh, I always try to be tr very transparent with the audience. You know, what was close? What was the challenge? What's going through my mind in terms of how to put the pieces of the puzzle together? This, this is a puzzle. This is a, you know, th th this is a show. And I mean, every decision you make will have a cumulative multiplicative effect on the next decision. And so uh, uh, I try to be very transparent with the audience, you know, what is going through my mind to put the utopian final drive together. And I was very pleased today with how it fit together. So crosses, well, there was a lot more crosses that showed up than there was hamps, but I think the two are the most competitive breeds um, typically at a sheep show. Uh, what were the differences between those two, and was one more competitive than the other or maybe more challenging to sort, uh, maybe even the crosses today? You know, what, what was exciting, uh, there was so many power sheep. There was so many muscle sheep. There was so many great pattern sheep. There was so many good structured sheep. The grain and reserve crossbreds today exemplify utopian build presence and proportionality the champion market lamb today had a little more heat down his back just a little more shape uh the reserve i'm telling you loose trotting around those two sheep took maybe three strides in the ring today and that's that's what i'm after uh that is if anybody wants to know what i like that is it right there uh, they fit together beautifully well. You know, regardless of the type of creature that you like and you want to breed at home, if you can't come to the ringside today at the North American and look at those two sheep and study their value, uh, I don't think you're being objective. And uh, so that, that, that they fit me to a T to a of uh, the essence of uniqueness. You know, and, and for good balance, pretty sheep, they both have huge forearms, huge front feet, their foundation was big. You know, bottom line, they were pretty where they needed to be pretty, and they were beast mode where they needed to be beast mode. And most importantly, when you set those two in motion, it was pure poetry. And that's what we're after. Um, is there anything that happened today or maybe in the ring or an encounter you had today that was probably maybe the most rewarding thing that happened to you today or anything you kind of reflect on or a moment that just kind of stuck out to you? Well, the problem is... As a judge, as we manage nerves and we manage the ring, and it's our job to manage so many different things, I felt bad yesterday. I was working so hard that I, I forgot to just step back and enjoy it. You know, I wanted to be so particular in what my decisions were and so crystal clear that today I was like, you know, at four, 4 o'clock this morning, I woke up, sat upright in bed. I'm like, I forgot to just have fun yesterday. You know, and these masks, I'm so thankful that we had the opportunity to have a show so if it, wearing a mask allows us to have a show in 2020 that's fine but I was so focused yesterday I'm breathing my own hot air I was just about to suffocate I was so focused on what I wanted to do and, and I told myself this morning hey I am gonna have fun and I'm gonna be who I am and who I want to be uh, mask or no mask and uh, it was just a, a tremendous set of sheep I mean Today in the crossbreds, in the dark crosses, you could have brought a contender sheep and been ninth place. That's how deep it was today. And I mean, 
once again, I, this is the Super Bowl. You know, you talk about multi-species, national shows, the American Royal's awesome, Denver's awesome, Louisville's awesome. It's the one time of year where we, across the United States, come to one gathering place and absolutely have a, an all-out brawl in terms of a competitive event. And it, it lived up to every expectation that I could have ever had. It was straight up NASCAR, Super Bowl, and uh, the World Series all in one day, to, you know, yesterday and today. And as we, uh, as we get uh, th- further through this interview, um, you know, this is the Super Bowl. This is, you, saw, you saw our entire industry today. You saw people from every state, every kind of sheep, and uh, almost every single breed that we show. Um, is there anything in your head that you think you know, the entire market lamb you know, deal maybe needs to improve upon or, or work towards or, or kind of you know, go in any direction? No, no, no. This is what I love. This is what I love about the gathering of minds, okay? Keep in mind, these young people, that, that exhibited these sheep the last two days are insanely good at what they do. They can drive those sheep. They know the sheep so well, what, what pace to go. But what I love about the gathering at the North American is we have industry leaders and breeders and feeders all gathered together. And this is the time where we can reflect as an industry and say, hey, job well done what do we need to do better what mating decisions do we need to do better instead of walking away from the ring today hating on the, on a decision let's keep the positive perspective and say that was an incredible set of sheep what's that pedigree on that sheep what does that sheep go back to i might use that stud buck next year in my breeding program because i want to infuse that piece of quality into my u base that i currently need to improve on and so whether i reflect on my decisions in a show ring or a breeder reflects on the set of sheep that the, that were that that they put together to bring today the more we reflect and, and the more we ponder what's the next step uh in terms of achieving perfection so many great minds can can migrate not because of what i said today on the microphone but just visiting amongst themselves enjoying the show having the camaraderie and guess what we're going to gear up, and we're going to do it again next year, and we're going to come back bigger, stronger, stouter, and faster. And that's the name of the game. That is the essence of competition. And I understand you guys have a livestock judging contest this week. Uh, how do you change gears and go from sorting through a few hundred market lambs to trying to get your team polished up and ready for the national contest? Well, I put a lot of faith in our students, and I ask a lot of our students at Western Illinois, and they're giving reasons right now with Cooper Bounds or two boys my two sons are working on their heifers with the boyer crew uh showing some junior cattle today and so i try to surround myself with as many talented people as i can uh cooper's listening reasons we've got a great team with with so much talent uh you know as we talk about the senior college contest tomorrow uh it's about managing nerves you know this time of the year we've spent a, a calendar year together in a judging van and talking and discussing livestock and perfecting our reasons today you know as seniors transition through that that threshold tomorrow going through the national contest uh, it's about managing nerves it's about reflecting on your year and just uh, going in tomorrow and managing emotion and executing at a high level and so we as coaches we can try to give all the speeches we want or give that last set of reasons or that last term to them uh, bottom line, our seniors, uh, there's so many talented young people in, in collegiate livestock judging today from so many different programs. We as coaches tomorrow, we're going to turn them loose and let them eat and see what happens. What emotions are going through your head about this relationship you have with the, the, your team and, and how it's ending in, the, in this platform? 
Oh, I tell, you know, coaches of livestock teams, uh, every university wants a great judging program. The amount of commitment away from family that a coach gives young students is staggering. And, uh, you know, we as, uh, as coaches, we sit there and we love them. And uh, I tell our juniors, I don't listen to any junior reasons until the seniors are done at Louisville. And you get, to, you get used to every personality on your team and you bond very closely with those young people. You know their tendencies, you know their idiosyncrasies, you know how they're gonna mark cards. Well, all of a sudden, Tuesday morning, we have to go home and reshift and, and get to know the juniors. And I tell our juniors, uh, I'm not even sure I like you yet. <laughs> I, I really, you know, you, you marry the seniors and you try to deliver and maximize their talent to the best of your ability as a coach. And then Tuesday, uh, they migrate over to being fellow evaluators in the livestock industry. We'll go back to Macomb and we'll take a little time off and then we'll gather the juniors up and we'll get to know their tendencies. And it's a, it's a repeating process. I liken coaching a team to feeding a show bear. Okay? You get that next set of barrels in, you get that next set of lambs in, and you break them to the treadmill, you give them a little paling, you go to a couple jackpot shows, and you get, you get used to them. And so I think managing a, a group of young students in a judging setting is no different than managing a set of livestock on feed. Uh, you get the new crop in, you get to know them, you get them vaccinated, you get them on feed, and you, you see what they're going to do. Well, thank you very much, Dr. Hogue, and uh, I just want to say, you know, thank you for doing this interview, and, and thank you for uh, spending so much time and effort into sorting through all those sheep. Uh, I know everyone appreciates it, and, and uh, good luck to you and your team this week. I wish you guys the best. Thank you very much. Been a great opportunity. Legendary Mindset will return after a word from our sponsors. United Harvest procures the finest meats from the finest ranchers, farmers, and butchers. Many of you know the difference between farm-raised and store-bought meat. Having eaten those meats, I can guarantee you that they are the most superior steaks you'll ever eat. By offering the highest quality ag products directly to consumers, United Harvest is able to both bypass middlemen, pushing profits back to the American farmer and rancher, and providing the highest quality meats to you. No cold cows here. Please go to unitedharvest.com and type in the discount code FRIENDS15 to enjoy 15% off your first order. That's FRIENDS15. Ladies and gentlemen, these are premium cuts of meat with the company paying nearly twice the market price to cattlemen for their finest cattle. You will not be disappointed. Rule Supplements, the boldest supplement company on the market. What they lack in grace and poise, they make up for in originality and results. Their motto is results matter because results are the driving factor in this industry. And no one ever talks about the fifth place ULM. Our product line has your livestock covered with solutions for joint health as well as reproductive performance for all species. Their most popular products are Thick, Shredded R, The Formula, and Strutton. These products alone or combined have fed many of the nation's champions this year. The Grand Uetic Zarbin, Indiana Stock Show, and the Indiana State Fair were all fed Shredded R and The Formula. Their customers have also found success at Wisconsin and California Youth Expo, as well as the Kansas, Iowa, Missouri, Colorado, and Tulsa State Fairs. There are many more results than that, which they would love to share, but they only have 60 seconds. So follow them on Facebook and Instagram and use the coupon code JakeP for $5 off your order. Results matter. So we're sitting here with Dr. Scott Greiner um, at the North American International Livestock Expo, and he judged through our um, entire Market Goat show um, all day yesterday. Uh, there was five divisions. Uh, he picked champion reserve and even down to fifth overall. Um, so we're just going to get get uh, Dr. Greiner's take on the whole day. Um, Scott, kind of what did you think about uh, the entire goat show and just the quality that you saw, and kind of and kind of how did uh, how did it play out for you? 
Well, thanks, Jake. As I um, as I shared on the mic uh, in the Grand Drive, I was thoroughly impressed with the overall quality and depth uh, as we started the day with the lightweights. Uh, you know, we came right out of the shoot. Classes one and two were really deep, and, and that uh, whole lightweight division was extremely deep, and we just uh, – um, they kept bringing the good ones, and, and hats off to the exhibitors and families and all the people behind the scenes, the breeders, because uh, really without, without exception, I thought in, in every single class we had, uh, we had quality goats at the top end, and in lots of classes we had, uh, you know, it was tough decisions all the way uh, first through 10th through hole. So. Um. There was something I noticed out there, and, and as when I go to a show and, and watch someone judge, I kind of put try and figure out, you know, kind of get inside their head as I watch them judge and try and predict what they're going to do. And, you know, when, when Griner gets announced, you know, muscle, stoutness are, are very important. Um, but I noticed something like, you know, every time I'd watch a class, I would be like, okay, he's probably going to use, you know, this one or, or the, you know, the, the, I'd kind of aim at the thickest one out there. But usually when you do that, you kind of lose a little bit of look. But it seemed like every, almost every class or at least a few in every division, the thickest one was the coolest one. And I think it was just really cool to see that and really refreshing. Um, but, yeah, I just thought there was a ton of freaky ones out there that still met all your criteria. And, you know, yeah. yeah, I think, you know, I, you know to go back uh, to what you mentioned first, Jake, you know, I'm, I'm definitely a composition guy, you know, and that's, that's where I start. And, and fundamentally these are market animals, and, and we've got a window of acceptability, as I like to refer to, that, that I like to fit them into, and, and that means that they have uh, – got some muscle and product about them and they you know compositionally are right in terms of where they're at for their degree of fatness and trimness and that kind of thing but but the amazing thing uh in goats and in all livestock for that matter i mean we're we're taking that that those terminal characteristics and we're we're the breeders and 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 feeders and the young people are doing such a great job putting that together with and making them really complete in terms of the way they balance and their skeletons fit together right and and they're balanced and so um you know it wasn't that many years ago particularly in the goat ring that you know if if you were going to use goats that were a little more terminal you were going to have to sacrifice some look Mm -hmm. and that's not true anymore and and so it, it it makes it even fun because i've always been one that's that's tried to emphasize you know, checking all the boxes and making them balanced. I, I certainly start with the terminal side of things. You know, I'm, I'm not forgiving if they're not acceptable in terms of where they're at from a muscle standpoint, but uh, that's, not a, that's not everything. And, and so compliments to, uh, you know, the whole industry for what they've done and, and, and made these goats so good and just uh, tremendous quality. And going into that grand drive, I mean, there was so many, like we kind of said before we started the interview, there were so many different ways you could have done it. And I think um, every division winner, you could argue, you know, a reason to put them in the top two. Um, but kind of which one, you know, that you used your grand reserve, but what were those tough decisions you had to make in that drive, and, and where was it close, and, and where was it not close, you think? Well, I, I, I'll admit to you, I think it was, I think it was really close. And, and to be honest, and I said this on the mic, I think there was, uh, and you just said it, I, I think there's reasons you could have, you know, you could have landed on any of those division champions um, and justified it um, as champion because I think they are, they were that good from a quality standpoint. And, and so really what it gets down to is where's your, where's your preferences, which one best hits you in terms of, um, for lack of a better way to say it, which one trips your trigger, you know, the most, I mean, it, you know, we can, 
Uh, they all have little bitty holes. Those holes aren't very big, um, but at the end of the day, it's the one that, that you think ties it all together the best. And, and to be honest, I thought those two, those two hit me really hard, the grand and reserve, and, and I'm not going to sit here and tell you that they're identical because they're not. And, and, but um, in terms of quality, they were, they were two unique goats in terms of the way they were assembled and what they brought to the table. Let's discuss your champion. Uh, he looked incredible out in the drive, and, and I'm going to commend the girl showing him. I don't think she let that goat give one bad look the whole time she was in the ring. Just pre presented extremely well. Thing just you know just looked like a stud in the ring. But what, what did you think about him, and, and where did he stand out to you? Well, I think it goes back to, to what we just talked about. I mean, he was just so complete and and, and really hard to put a hole in him. You know. Uh, um, Really, when he, you know, he's one of those that, that when he turns the corner and comes in the ring and you look at him, you're like, wow, in, in terms of the way he balances and the way his skeleton's put together. But, but more importantly, it just resonates with that, that mass and stoutness, and yet still the pieces all fit together like they're supposed to. And, and I thought that's what was really unique about him for, for having that much power and dimension, how uniquely he fit together in terms of his levelness and his his look up front and his feet and legs were really good and just uh, just hard to put a hole in him, to be honest. Um, you know, there were goats that were probably more extreme in muscle. Uh, candidly, the reserve is, is stouter when you get right on top of them or behind them, uh, but maybe not quite as smooth in terms of the uh, his top line and, and some of those kind of things. But um, just, just really extremely high quality in terms of checking all the boxes. And uh, before that drive started and before you saw them all there next to each other, what was going through your head? Did you have an idea of where you were going to go towards? Or was it kind of like, hey, I have to study these things for a little while longer because I still don't know? No, I, I, I'd say that those, um, you know, the champion of reserve hit me really hard, as I mentioned, um, from, from the moment they came in class. And both of them came out of extremely competitive divisions, as were all the divisions like we talked earlier. So... Um, they beat lots of good goats to get uh, the opportunity to do that. Um, th that's not to say that the other goats weren't in consideration because that's not, you know, they, they certainly were. So, but I think all the time, you know, those of us that judge, we've got, you know, you got the ones that regardless of the size of the show, regardless of the magnitude of the show, there's always those two or three or four or however many there is that hit you really hard from the get-go. Uh, and those two were certainly uh, amongst that group. And I've said it before on here, um, and it's something I definitely think about a lot, but I think per species, um, presentation and showmanship kind of have the most to do with, I think, how you do in the ring, just because the breed of, of livestock are so indicative of their showmen. Um, you know, throughout the day, even into the middles of those classes, um, do you give those kids the benefit of the doubt, or how much does that come into consideration, like maybe showmanship, fitting, or just how those goats come in the ring looking? Sure. Well, I'll, um, I'll answer that a couple ways. I mean, unquestionably, presentation and showmanship um, has a lot to do with it um, from the standpoint of, um, you know, it, we all want our livestock to look its very best, and it looks its very best when it's, when it's shown uh, to accentuate its, all of its qualities and, and present it away, whether that's, you know, um, in terms of the sheer job and skin job and, and in the case of the goats yesterday, you know, uh, fitting on the legs and all those kind of things. Um, with that said, Jake, um, I'm a show dad, and, and I understand that um, no matter how hard we work at home, uh, no matter how good that, that beast acts at home, uh, there are times when they walk in and they don't 
for whatever day, whatever reason, it's not their day. And so, um, you know, the, the show dad comes out in me, and I share the frustrations with of those young people that I know are working their tail off, uh, but for whatever reason, that goat is not uh, is not giving them uh, what they want to that day. So, you know, I, I do my very best to to overlook that or give them the op- every opportunity I can to get their goat present- presented to the best advantage. And you're, uh, you're going to be sorting through our San Antonio Market Goat Show in the springtime. Uh, is there anything uh, we can kind of expect there? I know it's a little bit different down in Texas uh, with, you know, with fitting and all that, but are there, is there really much difference in the way that, you know, that show might go other than, you know, from what we watched yesterday? No, I don't think so at all. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. I always enjoy the opportunity to do the Texas majors and, and um, a couple things you can count on. There'll be, there'll be high quality livestock and, and high quality kids and, and great Texas hospitality as you, you all always show us as we, uh, we come down there. But um, no, in terms of, you know, uh, as we talked before, I'm, uh, I'm a composition guy to start and then we're going to put as many bells and whistles with that as we can and, and keep them correct and balanced and not, not to get too far on a tangent in any one direction on any one thing and, and try and find the ones that are, um, uh, you know, balance all those things and, and have, a, have the quality we're looking for and I have no question they'll be there. And just kind of in closing, um, what was the most rewarding part for you yesterday, whether it was an encounter with a kid or, or just a moment in the show or maybe even an animal you saw? Uh, just your favorite part of the day, maybe. Well, the whole, I, I really, uh, and several people have asked me, oh, you know, since we got done yesterday, what would you think? And I, and, and, and I had a lot of fun. And, you know, the young people were great to work with. They exhibit a lot of sportsmanship, um, very, very pleasant. Uh, tremendous set of goats from one end to the other in terms of quality and and as a judge that's what really makes it fun is that um, number one you find what you're looking for and I found what I was looking for every all day long in just about every class and and so then when you find what you're looking for and you got six or eight of them in a class that really uh, uh, that really have everything you're looking for you can really nitpick them and that's when it really uh, that's when it gets to be a lot of fun as a judge and and so you know, uh, as I said on the mic, the other thing that's that's a lot of fun when we got, you know, we got to that grand drive. To be honest, we we could have done lots of things. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I'm sure there are folks on the sidelines that had their favorites, and 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 that's great. And and I wouldn't argue with them a minute because I think you can, you know, they all they were all deserving. And and at the end of the day, we got to pick two that. Um, you know, best resonate. And I happened to be the judge yesterday, so I was the one that got to. Uh, uh, got to do the fist pump, so um, always an honor and pleasure to get to do a, a show of any kind, but but especially to step on the green shavings at Louisville, a place that means a lot to me, as uh, as you well know, and and um, just a, a great honor and privilege. is a lot of fun. Well, thank you, Dr. Greiner, and, and thank you for taking the time to sort through the show and, and sit here with me and, and discuss the livestock. Great, Jake. Uh, enjoyed it as always, and uh, look forward to seeing you down the road.